What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Dr. Funk Podcast. We're doing this live on digital platforms as well. For those listening later on, thank you guys so much for subscribing on Stitcher, on iTunes, on Leaving Reviews, Pop AFM. You guys can donate if you want. It's always appreciated so we can get even better equipment. That's what we're trying on to make the experience better for y'all. I see Belgium in the house. I see Australia in the house. I see Carlsbad in California other places i appreciate you guys and we're going to get into this episode we talked about it last week with the serious station going on some people were worried about it you guys already got like a two and a half hour radio demo that prince did in 2000 say 2005 and technically i'm hearing from people that were around at that time and myself who heard some stuff of the cat williams things before it was more likely 2006. um Yes, and so far it's only aired one time, the radio demo that we're talking about. I'm sure it will air again, and they'll let you guys know, and of course we'll post that elsewhere in other places, just so you guys can be a part of it to know what is going on. What's going on in Oregon and Jersey? This one's for Jersey. But yeah, so I want to get your guys' opinion of what you heard so far, including from the radio demo and the songs that they've been playing. I know some people have brought up, uh, oh, they play the original Old Friends for sale. You guys are getting excited for that. Although I do hear about the edited hits versions of songs and other things. What I mean is like from the hits set and other things going on. Um, but I want your guys' input on it. You know, Cat Williams and the thing and, and then uh, I did see some people being critical about the covers that would, that Prince was playing. Now, remember, this would be like his radio station. If he had it in 2005, 2006, MPLS always in the house, 2005, 2006, that, as you saw with the One Night Alone booklet, and you guys who don't have that, and the notes that Scotty Baldwin and others uh, have in there, Prince had like a radio station that he wanted, WNPG, so wouldn't it just be him that would be getting played? <laughs> Apparently people do not want to hear Take Me With You one more time. Um, but yes, um, we would love to have more rare stuff being played, but what they've given so far, and also, you know, I've seen from the followers that I've had in the past week or so, so it is attracting new fans, and that's a good thing. But we also got to keep the hardcore happy. We all know that. But at least, you know, you have it on a station, and you have other things going on, and you can just do it. More people are talking about the live performances. Um, wish you would say when and where they were from. Mostly the live performances, I believe, that were on that. I have to give it another listen because there was some stuff going on. Were from the same era in 2005, 2006 with the Tamar tour and then the beautiful strange from the 3121 boozer house um <clears throat> yes um some, some some comments have been i've been listening to sirius xm when i can i agree less radio plays so i'm glad to hear some unique plays and someone saying they do play too much purple rain the demo was dope yes the radio demo was good keeping the hardcore happy would be to release the ball That'll happen in time. There's a few other things going on with that, but at least you're getting the reissues. You will be having another 
set later this year that I don't think has changed. It's not for me to announce. If they would let, want me to announce it, they can. If not, I don't think that's how it's going to go. But we'll go. We'll get into it. Um, yes. People are still talking about they're not getting in the UK. If anyone can provide links for the UK, that'd be great. They say this in the Funkatopia. SiriusXM is always like this in terms of having a loop of the same songs for a short period of time. Today is day six. They will have to be having different playlists. And, you know, they did have a Sheila E playlist. I hear tomorrow it's going to be Jimmy and Terry Lewis. You know, it is free right now. So let people do it. It's free through May 30th. Uh, there's 31 days in May. And then we have someone's birthday in June who may not celebrate. Um, but it would be good to extend the channel for that month, right? Um, other than Prince, what artists has had the biggest impact on me? There's so many. From a historical point, it would be like Sinatra, because I think that's one of the only people that had the continuity of music and the career, the longevity they had. Of course, Sinatra was here a little bit longer, but I think with Prince's material on the ball, it'll surpass what Sinatra has done. Yes, they're also talking about with the app that you can go back an hour, go live on the app. I would like to see like them be able to have it to where you can access the demo at any time. Yeah. And someone's commenting regarding in regards to the vault. I've always said they should have turned the vault into a studio and play all vault music from it, bring back MPGMC and let the fans buy the songs and videos they want. There was a concept that interest, interestingly enough came up on Twitter this week because uh, there's supposed to be one MPG that's created by Jason Pranzine and there was an idea being pitched around that um, myself, we'd actually be having a website created, I think it was gonna be done by Jason, and that we would choose songs from the vault to come out. They were gonna have um, the Dakota shows, which he, did, which he just did earlier at the beginning of uh, 2013, be on there for download and a bunch of other things. There'd be different material of what we wanted and what we would pay for it. Of course, that didn't come to fruition, and hopefully that'll come um, in the future, whether it'll be through an MPGMC or other platforms. You know, <clears throat> I do see that there is repeats. I do wonder, and of course, if anyone from Sirius wants to contact me, I know that there's been a few things tagging me on Twitter. Um, from an article that I read, it was after the Grammy tribute that they decided to do this press station and reach out to do something different during the pandemic, which I hope everyone is doing as well as they can be with this. Please make sure to reach out to people. You don't know how people are handling this. You may think they're doing well. They may not be. Try to get them going. So, and yes, we'd like to see new material. Maybe it'll be something that they, that they do. Again, as someone pointed out, we're not even a full-on week into it yet. So maybe there'll be an update on the playlist. I do see that they have been taking notes and uh, reaching out and actually responding to people on <clears throat> Twitter and such. Albeit, I think that's a little bit easier than saying Instagram. Uh, I heard yesterday not too many people, people use Twitter anymore. I don't think that's true. I just think the age demographic has gotten a little bit higher is all. Um, demo was dope. 
I know, like I said, there were some people I saw that were upset at him doing covers, but that's where he was, especially when touring with Tamar at the time from when that was taken about. So, you know, it's those things that are going on with him. Now, Questlove, you know, I'm sure you guys would love to have him do a different, do a radio station. Yes, there were some things that were repeated with Questlove, uh, but I did enjoy the shows tremendously. He knows the music. Maybe he should be asked uh, to help curate stuff. I'm sure he's been busy with his own things, even during stuff like this. <clears throat> Do I think Crystal Ball 2 will come out as a question? I thought the fans picked all the songs as a celebration. Um, I thought this was done. That was done. I was at that celebration, and Extra Level was one of the songs chosen. What, what version will we have gotten at that time? There was even talk of a video package about after videos for Crystal Ball and Crystal Ball 2 up in there. But it has not come to fruition yet. We will see what the future holds when it comes to that. There's so much stuff to put out. And we want to make sure that you don't empty everything out in a time where music is heavily undervalued. Um, so keep hearing more of the Purple Rain era. They're trying to get those casual fans hooked. So I do understand about wanting to play harder stuff. I do, I am kind of surprised, speaking of cover songs, that a lot of people didn't know that The Beautiful Ones was um, covered by Mariah Carey and Siskel of Drew Hill. And it's an okay version. Uh, but MC Hammer, Prey, all these other stuff, like we want to hear Prince and I would even be more so wanting to hear artists that he liked getting played. Um, that is something of playing the edited versions of songs um, that was discussed on Twitter that fans want to hear more of the longer versions. I don't know if it's because it's showing in their um, quota of how many songs per hour they're playing, but that could be some of the things. Um, and again, when it comes to the demo, it's only been played once so far. Here's hoping that it gets played again, or they have a little button on there that you can play it at any time. So, you know. <clears throat> yes, they do allow videos on the app, but maybe not for the Prince channel. Um, here's hoping that they do it. Here's hoping they're listening to us. I'm going to take off my headphones, actually, because I hate hearing myself talk. Um, if you guys like it, that's cool. But myself, not so much. Um, see, we gotta hear about, someone's asking about the remake of Bad that Prince did. Is it still in existence or will it be released? My main thing is, was it ever really in existence? And who brought that up? Is it the same person that said Michael Jackson was Camille? Because that ain't true. Yes, they have Sheila's playlist on their list as well. You're going to have Jimmy and Terry and other people later this month. You have Jimmy and Terry tomorrow. Yeah, they're playing 1 plus 1 plus 1 is 3 live today, as well as D'Angelo's cover. She's always in my hair, but eh. Speaking of which, you would be hoping with the Sony reissues coming out later this month of the Rainbow Children, of One Eye Alone, the piano, one out of one live, called up all night, and the Aladdin DVD, that they would be playing more songs from that set with those things coming out, right? 
glad you're hearing about plus one, plus one is three, five. We want to hear more of that. So, exactly, when it comes to that Camille thing. What does exist, because Neil Carlin even wrote about it in 1990, and we have Neil Carlin on the show one day, closer to his book release, is that he did do a cover of Like a Prayer by Madonna, and that is in the book. So, Jimmy and Terry talk about dream guests that I'd love to have on my show, and we'd have to do more than an hour. Sorry, Instagram. They would have so many stories to tell, and we could get deep on that. So, you know, yeah. Do I think the original version of Wally exists? Someone's asking. Sure, I guess they want to hear it out on SiriusXM. As far as I'm told, and I don't think Susan Rogers is a liar, that it was destroyed, but then another version was made shortly afterwards. Now, I don't know if someone had a little tape recorder going on in the room, or maybe something else was going on, if those things would happen. But as far as we are being told, it's not in existence. So, you know. Yeah, someone's talking about the live version of Strong They Never Heard, Love the Jazzy Vibes. That must have been from the Aladdin DVD when he did a song called You Want Me mixed in with that. That hasn't officially been released, but neither has Days of Wild, only a live version of it. <clears throat> did Prince really record What You Done For Me Lately? Is that something that we can get Jimmy and Terry in on? The thing is, and then when Prince would play it live in 1986, he felt that they were using the first bit of controversy and playing it over the middle parts every seven seconds. That's why Prince would say stuff like, who wrote that? It's because he felt that they were jacking it. Just like, for example, a harder sample that you hear uncredited, although it's in a different key, is Rhythm Nation by Janet. And it actually, if you listen to it and you know it's true, play if you haven't. Got to school, y'all. That, thank you for letting me be myself again, is actually the beat for Rhythm Nation. Play that. As much as I love Janet, that's true, and that's what Prince would be talking about when it came to Janet's stuff, is also giving her the Minneapolis sound. Although, we could always talk about to Jimmy and Terry, because it seems that Prince was more of a LaToya fan than Janet fan. Hmm. What about the gold album? Why was it taken out five chances? It's because of a, of a thing with the most beautiful girl in the world being tied up in Italy courts. Another question we're having, do I think the full Latin show will ever be released? I was there and they cut a lot from what I remember. Now, Cena was the one that directed it when it came to the Latin DVD and they had a lot of people using these new recorders. Uh, remember, we didn't have the cell phone technology at that time. So that's why you saw some of the things being a little bit shaky. So they were using different things to film and from different areas. Now, if that footage is somewhere in the vault where it can all be tied in, yes, I can see that being released. If not, and they just cut what they could use on it, that would be the issues. Um, we will see with that. Sorry, and when it comes to Facebook, if I miss your guys' questions, 
It's just, just because Facebook Live on this, it only has like the last three comments. Um, so with the cars, someone's asking about that, like the Let's Go. I think they were recorded, but live on those, not studio versions. There may be. Um, yeah. Right, and what Dave Hampton is saying, it's always nice to have Dave chiming in in the Rhythm Nation. And what Jam and Lewis did was super creative. Super creative because they mixed multiple samples. Now, want to know about, more about Andy Alvo, please. What would you like to know about Andy? And someone will get back to Andy that we still would love to have her on the show, especially with what's going on with their new Amazon release and Chicago Fire. Was I ever present for any Prince recordings? I was there in the studio when Prince and Andy were recording. So that was pretty cool. Speaking of Andy, that all tied in on the different formats. And it was pretty cool. And of course, Prince kicking my ass at table tennis was problematic. Well, let's also talk about Justin Timberlake with Sexy Dancer with um, you know, he, he jacked that kind of hard with Timbaland, right? Yes, and the 191 release that we talked about previously, yes, that is the exact same one. It's a reissue that you're having, but it'll be the first time in some of these stuff on vinyl releases. There's a lot of Andy stuff um, that isn't out there. Now, what I'd love to hear in full is the version of Time Prince by himself without Andy. That'd be pretty amazing and it does exist. So, any chance getting Jesse Johnson for the show? I'll let you guys think about that one. I'd love to have him on. Uh, you know, with Jesse, it may be a little bit different, but it's up to him, not myself on that one. When they were recording Superconductor was when I was in the studio with Andy and Prince. Was the re-recordings with um, a record plan. So, yeah. We, we, we will have some very interesting guests coming up. Not going to say everyone who's going to be involved. Just don't get uh, guest jacked or ideas jacked. But um, we will get on it and you guys will dig it for sure you know but the serious radio we love to see more stuff and yes there's so much stuff that can be used but it's also about what's allowed to be used and who curates the set the set list and the playlist because then using the original version of old friends for sale the one that's not circulating makes me think someone from serious did that because sometimes there's been some bootleg covers for stuff on that so i'm not sure it was the estate that exactly curated it. Um, of course, the estate had a big coup, in my opinion, for the Michael Jordan, The Last Dance, The Bulls Run, and getting Party Man used. That's a sample that I like. I'm sure that the, the um, requests that they get for those are pretty terrible. But the way Party Man flowed and did it, I'm glad that Warners and the estate were able to come together to approve that, especially for someone that Prince appreciated so much in Michael Jordan. So, 
I always thought Duran Duran's I Don't Want Your Love sounds a lot like hopping. Now, think about what year that came out and other stuff. I will say that EMF, off of their um, self-titled Duran Duran album of 1993, sounds a very much Prince-influenced. And that's one of my favorite songs by them. So, well, someone wants to know more about Andy and Prince and being in the studio with them. Uh, they both play table tennis very well. Um, and Prince would actually allow me to have a few points before whipping my ass. Andy didn't give me that luxury at all. Um, but she knew what she was doing and her ear was very well trained in the studio. She would catch things before other people, some things that I noticed, which was really cool. So, you know. What he did with Lenny Kravitz and Ice Cube. Well, with Lenny, we had stuff that was on the Gold Experience album, and Lenny has kind of told those stories of what he had an impact in and played on. With Ice Cube, they were both fans of each other. Um, when it came to getting a getting a shout out for an Ice Cube record, got a house next to Prince and did how. So that led to the video for Love Sign, which was made out here at 92.3 Studios off of Olive Avenue. So those were cool things that happened. Someone's asking what perfume did Prince wear. I think he'd have his own little stuff. He would, I remember in the early 90s, people would say that he smelled like vanilla. I know it was like this can of stuff that cost like $2.50 a bottle. But more of the time, he's, people would say he smelled very citrusy. And I know in 2006, we smelled him before he walked into a room. It was just me, Ruth, uh, Morris Hayes, chilling and then before he came into the room we smelled him so ridiculousness uh here like i said when it came to this series playlist because people are coming back to it uh, it hasn't even been a full week yet let's hope that they will curate the set list a little bit more to where we're not hearing so much of the hit material but i understand why they're doing it to bring more people in do you you have the one night alone live coming out and you have the piano coming out on vinyl cd and all this stuff so that should be stuff that should be getting pushed and maybe a little bit of a teaser of what's going to be doing stuff um as for prince and santa santana playing together paisley i'll have to check into that i'm not gonna make guesses on that i know that they performed live i don't know if they ever did hook up together i know steve Vai. They did have um, some things happen to Paisley. Now, if that was a recording session, that's a little bit different. So, and of course, yes, I think we can all agree on this. I don't think it's great. I think it's great that they have the channel and doing a good job of mixing in the hits and getting to the live stuff. I just feel that I know that people want a little bit more of it. I wonder how Purple Current is doing with all this right now. So, yeah. So, did he ever jam with Bowie on that private meeting? I don't believe so. What Prince said in January 21st, 2016 is peace to David Bowie. And then he brought up how he only met him once. And he thought he was a, you know, he heard he was a nice person. And those are the things I don't think that there was ever any recording between the two at all. It seemed like it was a, 
the meeting that happened around Bowie's birthday and some other stuff that pays me for the Love Sexy tour. But it stopped there. And they had a tent outside to be doing stuff instead of the inside where there wasn't anything around Paisley at the time, but land. <laughs> so they were able to perform in the middle of the night outside and just hear a groove until probably someone from Richfield complained about it or something. <laughs> Kidding on that front. <clears throat> so, yes, and then someone talking about, I knew what you meant when you brought up Freddie. Uh, talking about how they wish that Freddie lived long enough to record with Prince. Who knows what that would have happened. Prince had a hard time with a bunch of his contemporaries wanting to open up with him and rather perform with new artists or create someone. We do know uh, that Freddie Mercury was a big Prince fan, that he'd be playing the videos and getting the bootlegs and showing people over and over stuff that he would do and the level that he had even early in his career. Now, I still believe to this day that, you know, you had the comeback of, with Freddie's passing, then they in Wayne's World, them using Bohemian Rhapsody. And I do believe that a lot of the symbol album, the imagery that Prince was trying to create, aside from the track Three Chains of Gold, which to me is totally, totally influenced, Bible Indian Rhapsody and Prince is like I'm going to make my own version of it them calling it a rock opera the symbol album and the things that he had for the tours from Act 1 and Act 2 of these certain things feel that he was influenced by the Night of the Opera as well so those things going on yes exactly Farmland Chanhassen back in the day where no one wanted Paisley Park around like they do now but that's because they were able to build stuff around it, you know. That Perkins that was there, I'm sure, benefited tremendously from stuff going on at Paisley. Same with the Target. We'll get into that. Um, yes, someone bringing up about the We Are The World recording, speaking of when Prince did not like kind of recording with his contemporaries, contemporaries, especially when he wasn't able to control the situation. You can totally see that, especially with Bob Geldof and how he made a smear campaign of Prince not wanting to be there. And yes, the Huey Lewis part in the song of For Me on the World is what was supposed to be Prince's part, and Prince would rather do a guitar. Which, if you listen to the lyrics of Hello, it's telling me everything. You know, that he'd rather play guitar than sing. And he said everything was cool until the camera tried to get in my bed. And then because of that incident that happened, Geldof and others kind of put it out that if Prince was there, it wouldn't have been a big deal. But that wasn't his goof. And at the time, that was a very, very huge scandal. Pre-TMZ, all that stuff of him not being involved on it. But look, do you remember when they did that We Are The World 20-year uh, reunion or whatnot? I mean, it was a 10-year anniversary. 10-year anniversary of the American Music Awards and Prince was on stage. He was on stage for it, but he refused to sing and then was giving Quincy Jones his lollipop think that said it all I like band-aids what they did do they know for, do they know it's Christmas time more so than USA for Africa I did hear stories and if Dave Hampton was around at that time you can uh, put into it is that after Katrina happened Michael's people were reaching were reaching out to Prince to record a song for charity 
And Prince's response was doing his own SST, Shadi's Swedish Taboo, but also at the same time, that was a call for help on things that Prince said to tell Michael, in jest, tell me where that money went for USA for Africa, and I'll record the song with you. There you go. I'm not going to disrespect Quincy. Um, that's, you know, someone that Sinatra helped along the way and he's had a huge influence. Albeit, I do think sometimes when things aren't as close as to where they were and we talk about in the past tense, we kind of change the stories of what actually happened. That's what I feel what happened with the Camille and the Michael Jackson story. Um, but Quincy is a genius. He deserves the respect that he has attributed to what he's done with Michael and a bunch of other artists. Uh, of course, the Grammys, when they first were getting out stuff, they would they would get you around. If you remember, he won a grip of awards for Back on the Block, but he had a lot better records before Back on the Block that did not get credited. But his production ones, he got stuff. Have Sade and Prince collaborated, someone asked. <clears throat> no. I do believe that he wanted that. He would look at Shawnee as competition for stuff. And that's, he mentioned like, you know, we're not getting a new Shawnee record. So that's why I brought Bria Valente into the studios, stuff like that. <laughs> and when it comes back to Quincy, someone's leaving comment, Brian, uh, I respect Quincy's accomplishments, but he always seems a shady Prince. That is true. And Prince had fun with that, with an unreleased footage that's supposed to be in the Diamonds of Pearls home video where Quincy was talking about Prince, like, yeah, he plays piano, but he's not that great. And then it had, like, a little sampling of Prince playing piano going off a little bit in a marketing way. He paid attention to stuff like that, just like he paid attention to what you guys were saying online when you were dissing him. Would it be other artists or people like Robert Hilburn that are criticizing him? He paid attention to that as well. So, yeah. Of course, we wish that Shawnee and Prince worked together, but again, that's one of those things where it's his contemporaries and how he felt. You know, he wasn't going to do it. So, those things going on, we would have loved to see Shawnee. There's so many people that we would have loved to see Prince with that didn't happen, or if it did, it was just his own experiences. You know? So, I was talking about piano and microphone that he made up. Oh, just showing that how much of a great piano player he could be. Just like a guitarist, a bassist, producer, engineer, writer. Even though he get criticized on stuff that was after 88. But again, I also believe that he didn't have that hit machine around him with Warner Brothers after that time. Batman was different because you had the movie production team behind him. Um, but after Diamonds and Pearls, as we saw... When that $100 million contract came into play, the promotion went away. So, was it Prince's 90s material suffering in such an interesting time, or was it because of lack of promotion because Prince became a difficult artist fighting for his freedom? And did he suffer for that? 100%. But as Jay Leno said in his 2001 interview with him, is that he went through hell, but in the end, that he would that he would rise again. And Jay, Jay got a lot of flack. Let me tell you, when Jay had Prince on in 2001 for two nights on The Tonight Show, not one, but two, let him interview, did a skit with him, all these other things, he got flack from the industry because Prince 
was not an artist that was signed to a label. And they were upset that other artists at that time, there was no such thing as getting multiple nights on late night talk shows at that time. Or like what he did with Arsenio before in 91, where the entire episode was him. And you just had Patti LaBelle on talking about him because he wasn't going to do an interview. So that was it. There was stuff from Clyde Davis' team that wanted Alicia Keys on for multiple nights, and they did have that within a month and a half on The Tonight Show. But the industry was pissed at Leno for doing that. And I'd love to have Jay on to talk about certain things, because Jay would be at these house parties, but also there would be certain ones, because he would arrive pretty early and not exactly see Prince play for them, and wearing his jean outfits when Prince would be styling like crazy. And... Did Prince and I ever talk about religion? We'll get back to that Paisley question. We talked about some stuff, but he knew how I felt. Like a question that I asked online in 1998, when he was talking about the truth, and I said, if your truth is different than anyone else's truth, would it make it any less truthful? And his response is like a paragraph and a half trying to explain that. So, when it came to religion, in interviews that we had in 2013, 2014, more like discussions, I'll say. That he'd bring up like, yeah, I study being a Jehovah's Witness, but I study everything all the time. I study Egypt. You know, I study different things. I'm constantly reading. I'm constantly evolving. So that's how it would come to it. With that. So, what song would I like to see Prince cover? See, I always would tell Prince, I thought him covering a song was cheating because he could always make it better than the original. You know? Yes. Conan in 1996, if anyone remembers, there was the 100 New Funk line, but there was also a separate line that gave you Prince news. And they were like saying that Prince was going to be performing in early January of 1997, four nights on Conan. And he wanted to fill the audience with purple people. Now that didn't happen. And what was interesting was there was a little bit of shade that went on. So I believe it was Prince that backed out of that. Or maybe wanting the multiple nights was a problem. Because they're doing a stuff, a skit where Conan and Andy were laying down looking at the stars and saying like what they see. Then they put up the Prince symbol. And both of them were like, I don't know what that is. Do you know what that is? And the audience, the college kids at the time when it came to Conan, and he was really struggling. Um, they didn't laugh too much at that. But that was a little bit of shade that Conan and Andy threw at Prince. And I caught that because I'd be watching Conan because there was nothing else on at that time. And also because I heard that Prince was supposed to be on and waiting for them to kind of announce it, like what would happen years later with Fallon. So, you know. Anything with George Michael. I know that they were in contact. Because when George was going through his battle with Sony, which was a ridiculous deal, by the way, um, that he signed. Now, when he said in court about being enslaved, you know where he got that from. And Michael Pagnotti, who worked for Prince in the early 90s, was working with George Michael, I believe, at that time. So that came out on that. And I believe that there was a, an in-between person of it. Um, Yeah, someone's talking about the Sheila thing. 
I remember the tweets from 2010, no longer performing a P. That's a little different thing. There was a falling out that happened in 2011 between Prince and Sheila. And yeah, they may not have been talking the last few years of his life, but in 2014 show in the Bay Area, he's giving love to Sly Stone. And then he goes, love me sister Sheila E. Like, I love that girl. So if there was other issues going on with people, and let me tell you something. Prince would talk stuff about everyone all the time, even people that he really liked, just like the Sade comment I made earlier. You know, like, is Bria Valente, as much as I liked her, is she really on Sade's caliber on her level? No. So, those were things that transpired up, but Prince talked stuff about everyone. And he talked stuff to people that were associated with him. But he would forgive them and it would be all love. So those are the things that people have to understand is he's no longer here to defend himself or shade people. And the way that he would shade people would be in a pretty discreet sort of way and then let it be. You know? But he had a love for all of them because he played a role in their careers no matter what anyone says. And that was like in 2011 where the incident happened at the forum. And that's it. But again, Prince still talking nicely about Sheila in 2014. Prince didn't talk too nicely about Sheila to me in 2011, but that's just Prince being Prince. As I said, he talked mess about everyone. He talked mess about someone that I really like. And it's because he was also trying to test your loyalty and test how close you were to them. And he'd do stuff like that all the time. Uh, someone's asking where Bria is now. She is basically out of the music industry. She married someone that kind of looks like Reggie Bush, from what I remember, but she has said nothing about that. I remember Prince could be cruel to people as well, but again, that's his issues with them, and it shouldn't be your guys's. Don't take on his battles because he was a forgiving person, and some people that you know you thought he hated. It would actually be more love because of how hurt he was by them. So you have to understand that people act differently at stuff. Um, there was talks of Prince and Morrissey wanting to work together any truth. And of course, I don't know at the time when uh, Controversy Magazine was reporting this, they said that they can imagine a song like that would probably be called Sexual Suicide between them two. But that was after the fact of a song being recorded in 86, 87 sessions with Derek Leeds, where Sexual Suicide actually is a song that Prince did record. So, about the White House performance. Uh, someone's asking about when Prince performed the White House for Obama. Now, I knew about that a couple weeks before. There was other artists that weren't exactly on the tour, like Adrian Crutchfield, we need to get him on again, just to talk about this. Um, you know, he knew that Prince was playing the White House. He wasn't exactly on that tour, but he made sure to go over there and bring a sax so he could be part of the performance, and lo and behold, he was. And they made sure while they were in DC, DC to do more. But there was talks for a while going on, and it was not this secret. We kind of knew about it, but we didn't want to say anything until Al Sharpton was the first person to tweet about it and I just took his thing and then blasted it. But there's a reason why 
I was able to put it out within two minutes. It wasn't a surprise to some of us, but sometimes you, you know stuff and you just have to let it play out. You know, it's just some, some things Prince wanted me to put out there and the Prince didn't want me. It wouldn't be like, Doc, don't put this out. It would be me knowing it, knowing what he would want, knowing what he would want to do. So those things happened. I'm glad there's at least one photo from it. It would have been nicer to have more, but uh, Adrian and others will always have their experiences. And we just have Adrian talk about that stuff. You know, I love that Adrian on again. I appreciate him speaking of people that are loyal. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, yeah. About Dave showing the photo. Andy's relationship with Prince was complicated. And as Prince, when he was going through the second divorce, you know, he was doing a cover of Chain, uh, the Chain, Chain of Fools, I believe, from Fleetwood Mac. And he would add on to it with emphasis. Been down that road once, been down that road twice. I'm never going down that road again. So, you know, those are the things that he would do. He would always say, if you want to know the real him, listen to the music. And he let you know in that, been down that road once road twice never going down that road again and he never went down that road again did he as much as um some people would uh want that to be the case thank you Lacey J for your comment um Paisley Park news there really hasn't been too much going on speaking of speaking of which I thought what Paisley Park did last Friday with their live stream on Facebook was really cool um I hope they do more stuff like that let me say uh um, I believe Mitch is the person's name who, who's doing that. Who's a lot more comfortable on camera the first time than I had been on camera from Paisley where, you know, I did these shows and all you saw was this. And then I'm doing those shows. I'm interviewing fans outside Paisley and I'm like with my arms crossed and whatnot, asking them questions. Totally not professional. I should have had a mic in my hand. I didn't. We had to speak up loud. Uh, Trevor was filming that. Disaster. So for Mitch's first time being on camera, if I'm getting his name wrong, let me know, I apologize. Um, I felt he did a really good job and I want him to do more stuff like that. Who was his last girlfriend? Well, was it you and it wasn't me, was it? All right, uh, girlfriend or girlfriends? So that's always his things. Did he always have text record after shows? Something that, um, Let's have Scotty Baldwin answer that sometime soon, shall we? On that, especially with No Night Alone coming out. And uh, yeah, I still need to listen to Hannah and Josh's uh, show. I haven't done that yet. My DVR is getting so backed up. Before this thing started, it was at 85%. It's now at 34%. So I've just been inundated, like so many other projects going on and other things going on. I haven't had a chance to listen to it. So, don't know what I missed about the tea. Sorry about that. Thank you, Stephanie. So, um, what about Judith Hill? Judith Hill made a great record with him back in time, and yes, she said that they were dating and put it out there. Um, so, those are things that go, 
the Third Eye Girl project was amazing. And those are the things that came from it. And still having it. What's Michael Bland doing now? It's interesting enough, like on my, I think it was on my feed today, because you know that he recorded in 2009 Nick Jonas and the Administration, which was the MPG of 1994. Michael Bland, Tommy Barella, Sonny T, up in there. Um, Wonderland's asking about, want to know if the show at the Grove of Anaheim was recorded. That was the last one I saw with Third Eye Girl. I was there for all four shows, second night, show one. Uh, Prince would always see me in the crowd, and I was front row, because I decided that was going to be my last show doing front row at the time. My diabetes was ridiculously bad. And he's playing guitar, and I'm paying attention to how he plays the frets and where he holds the strings. And he always see me doing that. So Prince got in my face. See me look at the guitar and was doing this, doing that. Just imagine Prince this close to you guys, getting in your face, doing that stuff while playing guitar. And then Trevor and Josh were right behind me, like, dude. I'm like, I was so embarrassed. I know there isn't a video of that, but I love it. As for recordings, that's something that Josh may know more than I do. So, and someone's asking about Rosie Gaines and her health. I haven't heard any updates on that, so I'm hoping that's a good thing, but always stuff with PR and alumni. Just know when you donate to them, it goes to people like Rosie that need it. Uh, I'd love to hear an update for PR and alumni regarding Rosie's health. We can, of course, put that word out there. So, Yeah, I think I have some of those growth shows on a hard drive, too, but I would love to have a soundboard of that more so. I don't think that Trent Reznor and Prince uh, hooked up. I think that they talked. I think that Trent wanted to do stuff like what he did with Bowie, but it didn't exactly happen. So now we say collaboration material. What kind of collaboration are you talking about? And what will be the next fresh album? Let's see what Sony comes up with on that. Yeah. Counter microphone DVD any for when? No, not until at least 2021. I'd say at least. It doesn't mean it'll be coming out in 2021. Latest, it could be years down the road. As for the next physical release, well, we have the three other ones coming up. As for that, I'll wait for them to make the official announcement of what it is. Uh, but I think you guys will be quite pleased with what they're working on when it comes to a deluxe edition. Oh, that was you at the 777 Macy show, huh? That was a show, and the heat, that heat was actually worse than it is here today in LA. That heat in Minneapolis is no joke. So, yeah. Rhonda Smith has been playing uh, in Johnny Depp's band. That's what Rhonda Smith has been up to on doing stuff. As for the Capri, remind me, that's a question I have to ask people that were around at that time. You would imagine that they would do it, especially with Warner Brothers being in the crowd and seeing the first live show of things. But I believe now that would fall under the Sony branch of stuff. They were able to get the I Feel For You acoustic out before the switchover took place for that album. So yeah. Pardon me here while I take another sip. I don't know if this is showing, um, I know it's showing the star. I know some people aren't happy about that. And I'm not talking about the first Avenue star either. Um, talking about the 
someone's asking about um, the famous Detroit show with the Revolutionary re officially released on DVD. You're talking about the 1986 uh, show, his birthday show. For Depeche Mode, which one are you talking about, Big Al? What's my gut feeling? So far, a gut feeling on doing this celebration this year. My gut feeling is, is that they're talking about it. And then you guys can let me know by reactions in here if I'm wrong on it. My gut feeling for me, with everything that's going on and we don't know the uncertainty, it would really suck to start planning for a celebration. Then we have a second or third run of what's going on that money is put into it, contracts are signed, then it doesn't happen, the money is wasted. What I would like to see is them to put the full effort into doing it in June of 2021 and making it absolutely amazing. You know, I'm saying some people should be canceled. That's what I feel is just put it to 2021 and let's find other ways to support Paisley. I know that, you know, those $1,500 tickets, but there's going to be some people that are not going to be able to afford to go. I want to make sure that it has, um, you know, that they have everything in line. Yeah. But they're talking about, you know, they didn't, it's postponed. It isn't in June, but they're planning on having it in September, October. What I'm advising and saying is, in my opinion, this is just me, that I would just try to, to put it to where you're going to have it in 2021. So, now someone's asking, you want to go back to it about stuff? Um, someone's asking if I was a publicist for him. What I did, the things I did for him would be uh, as a publicist and other things, yes, at times. I did thought, think it was cool, like, when we started, like, putting out my stuff out there, people were like, wow, of course Prince have a publicist named Dr. Funkenberry. I would do many different things, but I guess I was his way of having a publicist on the cheap, right? Because the stuff that I would write would get picked up in Rolling Stone. When they announced a tour on my show, it got you know picked up by radio stations, and that was pretty cool. Um, it's just that it was about getting the word out. And what I would do is myself, is he would give me the news. And I felt that since he's giving me the news, I had an obligation to make sure that people knew about it. So I would contact Consequence of Sound, contact Spin, contact Rolling Stone, contact Billboard until they were all paying attention where I didn't. They would try for The Guardian and other stuff. I see people agree with me on June 2, 2021. Um, yes, I think having the celebration will be best to have in 2021, too much uncertainty. Again, I'm not an official source for this, it's just my opinion. It's just how I feel, and we can do other things to support Paisley. If someone is saying that lives in Minneapolis, that they're, they're afraid they aren't going to be having any live music anytime soon. And it feels that way in LA, you know, places like the world famous Troubadour asking for GoFundMes, and they have Amoeba Music closing down uh, to where to where they'll be opening up to their new shop. They're just not going to be at their Sunset location anymore. Um, so... The first celebration you're talking about 2000 or the one in 2017? When you're talking about which one they can match the first celebration. Um, now, inspired by cult movies like David Lynch's Eraserhead, Blade Runner, if he was inspired by it, I would say that obviously you can tell with Blade Runner, 
and some of the, the photos that came out in the 1999 era was completely inspired by that. Prince was a tremendously huge movie buff. From those days to where he would take a break from recording to go to the movies and then want to get back to the studios being inspired by what he saw. And I think that always happened in life, whether it was at the Chanhassen Theater or if it was in the Arclight in Hollywood or, or the Man's Chinese or other places in Hollywood when he would be recording. So, yeah. And thank you, Dave, uh, for that. Yes. You know, many forget that Prince is one of the first celebrities making his art directly to his fans. Absolutely. He was doing that before I was around and was just with the mindset to know in 1993, 1992, even before Interactive came out in 94, that he was working on that level of thinking of those things to do and knowing that music was going to be the future and online distribution. So, yes. And I remember Prince taking us to the movies in Chanhassen after a party at Paisley at a celebration to watch Minority Report. And the thing that Prince liked most about that movie after watching it was that Minority was in the title. So he wasn't feeling as much, but he was always a huge Tom Cruise fan. Um, big time on that. So. I'm sure that inspired him in different ways, but again, the only thing he got out of that was Minority being in the title. It's one of the things. So. No. Was I at the Arsenio Hall show? I was too young for that. But boy, was I excited when he did that. He actually recorded Arsenio. The first Arsenio was recorded before he did the Get Off performance at the MTV Video Music Awards. So it wasn't... That's why Arsenio didn't talk about it on his show. About, did you guys see the Get Off performance? Blah, blah, blah. Because it was recorded beforehand. But Prince knew he was going to kick ass on that. And just to have everything booked with Arsenio and how it was done was quite smart and showed how ahead of the times and how we think of stuff. Like you see crowds, when they're on Saturday Night Live, they're like, New York, what's up? When Prince would do TV appearances, even though he was recording in LA, like during My Name is Prince, instead of saying what he would say in shows like, LA, tell me what's my line. Be like, people, tell me what's my line. Because he knew he was speaking more to the audience at home for them to feel involved. You know, those are things that are going on. I think Prince likes Skyfall because I got a little bit of a, of a comment from that when he hit number one at the box office and everything. I posted about that. Um, how old was I when I met him? So the thing is, is I could have met him a long time ago in person, but I wanted to keep my distance from him and people that worked for him knew that and I think that's what kept um, me around for a longer time is because there were people that were trying to get to him that uh, that would do stuff for him try to get close to him I was trying to do stuff for him but keep my freaking distance away from him so my first interactions with Prince were in 1998 although I know that he saw me at certain shows in 93 because he said after show at the Glam Slam and I had this look on my face that I was underage and then kind of looked at me and said, don't worry about if you're underage, we'll find a way to get you in. And of course, 
I wasn't driving at the time either. So the girl that went to the concert with us was like, I'll drive you there, but you have to find a way back. And Boylston was in downtown LA, which wasn't exactly the greatest part of LA at that time. Live, and I'll reset the video and we'll do it again. Um, I wasn't able to make it to that show. There was no such thing as Uber, and getting a taxi in LA back in those days was a little bit more difficult than it was nowadays to do stuff. So I'm going to reset on Instagram, go back to answering questions on Facebook Live, look back for this link in about 35 seconds. Um, much love, guys. And while we're doing this, I'm going to share it to the story. We'll get some more Facebook questions going on before I restart the video for them. I appreciate all you guys tuning in on all the different platforms. Loving that. Um, no, he did not talk to me about Maite at those times. So, but I was in contact with Maite and I knew that he was aware of that. Um, was Prince's Vault physically moved to California? Is it true? What was the reason for that? I hope it's safe and secure because all I can think about um, is that fire that destroyed all those master tapes at Universal. It's nice to see your face. Blah, blah, blah. Thank you. Um, yes, the vault was moved from Paisley Park to Iron Mountain here in LA, and that's a great decision. If Dave Hampton is still in the room, I'd love for him to tell you guys why it's a smart move. I understand about the fires in Universal. And what Universal did was very negligible. But Iron Mountain has things in, you know, in form that stuff like that won't happen. If Dave's still in the room, yes. And here's what Iron Mountain is saying for people listening on the podcast. Iron Mountain is a safe place for the tapes. The base work considering Paisley needed to be updated and the museum didn't have the proper methods. I still believe, I understand about the concern of what happened at Universal, but I don't think that's going to happen at Iron Mountain. Yes. And see, Dave, and he knows it too, just like that, when, when Prince was here, there'd be ideas that I used on my, that I would bring up on my show and Prince would use them. They're doing the same thing. They're paying attention to my show. I don't know if they're paying attention to other people's shows, um, but they're taking ideas for sure on that you know and I love that Prince would take my ideas and do stuff because all I wanted to do since I was in junior high and high school where I felt he wasn't getting promoted enough we didn't have that machine behind him was help promote him because I I thought on an artistic level I wasn't a person in a business suit making decisions that's why I felt that I had the connection I had with Prince as I, as I thought as an artist and I thought as a fan of what we'd like to see more so than a suit of the ideas that they're coming with they're generic and just come off in a different way that's not disrespectful it's just that they're good at what their job is and their job isn't as much artistic um, abilities more so you know so I 100% agree with Dave and other things that it was a great move to moving stuff to Iron Mountain it is safe and secure I go to my friend's studio, his new studio. It's interesting enough that where he's at when you load up the equipment, um, that you can see Iron Mountain from it. And it just sucks. Love to my boy Heath um, because we were planning on opening up his studio in March, April. And we were wanting to have, I was wanting to bring Dave 
and Scotty if he was in town, and also Chris James to check out the studio because we're wanting Prince people to feel welcome there. I wanted to contact Liv, contact Nika, and have them perform there when we opened it up. So that's it. Yes, I follow my passion. And let me tell you something. The eight-year-old me um, that became a fan and didn't realize at that time that I was a fan for life. It may have been a little bit younger. If you would have told me, like, what would have happened, that I would be, like, chilling with Prince, riding around in his car, having deep conversations conversations with Gerard, uh, with Wendy, with Morris Hayes, with all these people that played an important part in his life. Mighty Manuela. All these people played a part, and I really wish that people would stop trying to bash others. All of them played a part, and you have to let it be. It's in the past. And Prince would forgive these people. If you would have told me that I would go on there to where Prince would be calling me his friend. And like I said, that's his words. To me, we were acquaintances, and I was there for him whenever he needed me. Um, I would have never believed you. Never in a million years. You know, I grew up in L.A. You go around, you know people. Um, but it's just on a different level when it comes to someone like Prince. How people are seeing how great Jordan was. That's how great Prince is and was. And Kurt Loder, who just turned 75 the other day, said this before. He always said that Prince would never be appreciated until after he wasn't here anymore because of his talent and how he would be with shutting down YouTube and all these other things that we weren't able to enjoy him as much as we are now. It's unfortunate it took these things, but his music is still being celebrated and he's still being thought about. And that's what is absolutely amazing. So... You know, I have to go back to see some of these comments. Yes. You know, Dave and Scotty's hearts are in the right place, in my opinion. Um, I appreciate their integrity so much. If I have them on, if we could always have them on the show every single week, I would. I know it's a timing; it's a little bit different. Um, but we always want to like get things detailed. With one night alone about to come out, I really would like to have. Scotty in for a few things. We're going to try to work on that and a few other people that were around during that time to just to emphasize on promotion of the record. Because unlike the Grammy event, we know that there's a record coming out and we're going to be doing what we can to help promote it for you guys to understand the stories and for some people who may not have been a fan of the One Not Alone era, for them to understand how important that was setting up for musicology and so many other things going on. So... What part of L.A. did I grow up in? Uh, for some parts, the San Fernando Valley. When I was younger, I was traveled around to group homes, group homes. I was in foster homes and whatnot since two months old. Um, so it would be, uh, you know, being born in the San Fernando Valley, but living in San Diego for a couple years. Um, in Westwood, Culver City. And then taking the RTD bus ride to the valley uh, to see my friends on the weekend. Um, you know, that bus ride would be no joke, but those are things that you want to do where you want to see the people that uh, played a part in your life, you know? So, this could be our own personal dawn for sure. Um, Yes, and just for those people listening, Maite is doing a stage it and a Q&A for her book on Friday. 
don't know the cost of that, so I'm going to hook it up. That's something we've always wanted to have on the show. People are like, why am I having Maite on the show? And that's not true. Uh, if someone wants to be on the show, and I feel they have a legitimate reason to be on the show, of course I'm going to have them on. You know? Uh, and then we can ask that question you guys are asking right now. Does that be something for her? Do I think 1500 is exorbitant for celebration compared to other years? Let me tell you. There may not have been people telling you publicly about that ticket price, but there was people buying tickets for that, for sure, for the $1,500 price. So, exorbitant to some, but other people um, will do that. So, there you go on that. You know? Thank you, Bob, for getting the info about my team and the stuff that she's doing. Um, Crystal Ball, I'm sure there will be a re-release. Not the RTD. Yeah, Dave, I'm bringing it back, man. So, you guys are going to hate me. Like, when Amigo Records and you had Aaron's Records in other place, like, I go... I would hit up every record store in LA back in the day. Blinker Bob's on Melrose. I would hit up the places I knew would have the Tupac bootlegs. I get the Thugs Get Lonely too. Um, for Crystal Ball, found like a box, the box version at um, Second Spin for about $17.99. And then the five disc sealed, you know, without the liner notes. Found that for $30. Now I know that you don't find that stuff anymore, but I see that the prices of it, I'm sure eventually we'll be getting a crystal ball set. Will we get that video package with it? I don't know. I do hope that what they put it on my disc three, the times I would buy that crystal ball set, maybe it's because of playing Days of Wild so much, but the disc was very thinly printed and like the laser would go freaking through it and always be a mark at the same spot on each one. So, yeah. It's ridiculous for what they're charging on that, but hey, they make the pricing. Um, that's the whole thing is, is that they try to make it to where if you attended the celebration before, you get first dibs. I do believe that if you're trying to get those $1,500 tickets afterwards, they will still have some available. Just same with the 1000 same with the 500 But... As I'm saying, as I feel that I'm hoping that you guys won't have to make that decision this year when it comes to the celebration. There could be other things that we can do to support Paisley Park. So, yes, I got the five to set from uh, Wayne Hunter New Funk, his website, and Love for Another as well. But let me tell you, I ordered it in April, and then the CDs came out at Best Buy and Blockbuster Music in February. I didn't get my set until April. So I had to buy freaking other copies again. So he made me buy it again when I didn't get it. I'll be, I got a t-shirt with it. But um, yeah, it took forever for it to be sent out. Exactly what I'm saying. What was my favorite Prince band and era and why? See, just like when people would ask me what, what uh, his favorite album was. When he was here, it was easier for me just to say his next one. So I'm not gonna play favorites. Um, you know, I love the revolution for what they did. I love the MPG for what they did. Um, the 93 MPG always had a special place in my heart because that was my first live show. 
but all the other bands, like I enjoyed them. And then, you know, people give Third Eye Girl like a hard deal. Like, dude, I'm not into this rock stuff. I'm like, man, he's going to go back to the funk. You know, this is just his thing, you know? So I would never try to put that on him. Yeah. So exactly, the next one. $2,300 Australian dollars, not including what your uh, plane ticket would be. Not including for B&Bs and hotels, and that's what I'm saying, is what's going on right now, things are going to get pretty ridiculous in price. Was his favorite color orange? His favorite color was whatever he was feeling that day. Did he have an affinity for purple? Yes. He also had an affinity for other colors. Remember in 91, he put out a press release that his favorite color was yellow at the time, and we saw there was a bunch of yellow going on. That's whatever he felt like wearing that day. Just like today, I felt like wearing blue. Last night, it was burgundy. So, there we go. You know. Exactly. Dave Hampton is talking about it again. All venues will have to rethink pricing after COVID-19. 100%. That's why what's happening with the Troubadour, that's a venue that holds 500 people. Now, just think about it. If they're wanting to have six feet of distance, how many people are going to be able to put in? They do have seats up top. But in an area like that, because you're going to have to certain areas, and you're actually going to have to have like at the bank and Target where they have places where you can stand. So everything is going to be different for a while. So here's hoping that they find a cure and find this other stuff. I know that we're all going freaking crazily inside. Let me tell you, even though people are supposed to be following orders in LA, I went out on Saturday, and people are freaking mean right now. Everyone is just pissed. Like, look, we all don't like what's going on. Okay, but we need to chill, find the things that are calming us down. We all need haircuts. We all some are diabetics and need our feet taken care of. My eyebrows are out of freaking control. We all need this stuff. We miss restaurants. We miss going to concerts. But we just need to chill on some stuff because it's things that we that we don't know about. And this is not a freaking political issue. It is what it is, and let's stop trying to make it one. I'm tired of it. You know. We're trying to have people navigate something that has never happened before. And were mistakes made? Yes. Should it be owned up to? Yes. And let's just move freaking on and be in this together. I'm tired of freaking blue and red. We need to get the white part more of the red, white, and blue of stuff and stop with this political size of crap. I'm so tired of it. You know? Dave, Dave's saying regarding other things, he's on the minimum three calls per week about the state of the industry and just what the new entertainment model will look like. And that's scary. That's scary that artists, you know, let's be honest, when it comes to streams and other crap, where people make their money is performing live and selling merch to the fans. And they're not able to do that right now. You know? Um, so those are things that are going on. You know, and that's things you have to worry about with the celebration is you're not going to be able to have as many people in there as you want. They may have to have stuff set up for who knows how long. You can't have chairs that are set that way or with every three spots, there's something empty. And look what's going to happen to the sports industry and whatnot and other things going on. Um, did he create his own costumes or did he have designers do it for him? Where is the vast wardrobe clothing he has worn for decades? Most of it's at Paisley. Stassi Elaine is going to be coming out with something that you guys are going to be really, really interested in. I really want you guys to support it when it happens. Please. 
there'd be other other people that he would hire to do stuff for him later on when he didn't have a full wardrobe team around or people like Stasia. There was this place on Melrose when he was getting the BET tribute in 2010 um, that Pagel Bell famously kicked her shoe off. There was this place called SNG Clothing and it caught Prince's eye uh, in the windows on Melrose. And he went in there and had stuff made. He bought stuff off the rack and then he was having stuff made for the 2010 tour overseas. And I forget their names. I think it was three and Gita, SNG Clothing. She made it with Prince in mind when she made those clothes. And it was her brother that was there when they came in with Shelby. Now, um, she told me that her entire thing, she always wanted to envision making clothes for Prince. So she did dress some stuff that actually resembled the sexy MF outfit and a few other things that he wore in the 2010 tour, aside from the artwork. And for the 2011 tours as well, that he wore, that SNG did, that they created for him, but it was a shop on Melrose. And that's how Prince would sometimes work and you would get lucky, you know, but experiences of what people had with Stasia, it's very important to pay attention to that because they have other experiences that no one else was able to have. So, exactly. What we consider costumes was his everyday wear. And let's be real here, you know, a lot of us men could not wear what the heck he wore. Even in, even in the, the shape I'm in now, you know, I would get my ass kicked in public. Um, even in quarantine, probably someone knocking on my door, I'm like, what are you doing that? wearing that? So, Yes, he had Magpie, and I believe they have a different name now. They're actually the people that are behind those expensive 1999 jackets. Did P ever have a suit made for you? No, but I know some of the money that he would send me from time was to update my freaking wardrobe. <laughs> uh, he would love some of the things I did, like when they came out at South by Southwest wearing the outfits, uh, the little you know hats he wore, the lion, Adrian and all them, I made sure on my show that went down the Hot Topic and got one that looked like like uh, a cheap-looking mouse. But, uh, you know, get on camera and I know that they were laughing about it. So just be some of those things that we would do. But when you see me dress in public, um, I try to feel like I'm representing Prince. That's why you see the suits at events. You see me trying to look my best. And I told people and I promised people that I was going to drop weight and look a certain way to be more presentable for things. And that's just how I felt like during the third, like during the one night alone tour through a lot of other stuff, I wore suits all the time during third eye girl. I was a little bit more grungy actually wearing jeans. Prince wouldn't give me crap on that, but, um, we would do what we understand. So do I think overkill the reissues, not the amount, but the varying types of each reissue actually hinders the very people who are likely to buy them. For long, for long time fans, we have the music from the reissues from the box set, not for the box set, but the reissues. It's all for those of us who want to collect, we just give in because they want so many different versions. Vinyl, purple vinyl, 150G vinyl. Just makes you say, forget it, I have all this stuff. Well, we don't have one night alone live on vinyl. We don't have one night alone piano on vinyl. And then Rainbow Children, a few of us have it that's limited. Um, so, I do understand regarding the purple vinyl, especially because 
remember, these are reissues. They're not remastering going on when it comes to Sony reissues. They're just trying to recoup the money that they put into the vault for the time being. Of course, the estate right now is trying to trademark the color purple, so everything that's coming out is purple vinyl. Except for this special edition, like say originals are able to do stuff on white vinyl. I'd love to have the 180 gram of stuff because that's the better sound quality. Colored vinyl, as pretty as it looks, and it's very, very, very in right now, very trendy. I understand why they're doing it, but I'd like to have those other things just for sound quality purposes. And thank you guys for your comments regarding me and, and Prince's relationship. I appreciate that. I see it. Um, I just don't want to be self-serving and be able to get to other people's questions on things, but do understand that I do see it. So, um, reissues compete with the originals, which is another reason why the return of the catalog gets, the, gets financially diluted. It'll be all under one thing sooner than later. So, yeah. And Prince, when you talk about Third Eye Girl and how happy he looked, let me tell you, he's been wanting to have an all-female band for a long time. There was talks of it in 2007. When you saw at the Brit Awards in 2006, actually, when you had Wendy playing guitar, when you had Lisa up in the mix, when you had Sheila on percussion, and you had Cora Dunham, CC on drums, he wanted an all-female band. Of course, at that time, there was other things going on. That's why at one point, Orianti, who had like a major hit with the song According to You, but also was the guitarist on Michael Jackson's This Is It Tour, what would have been This Is It Tour. She was supposed to be an original inclination of Third Eye Girl. Albeit, I think one time he invited her to the Roosevelt and she didn't bring her guitar, unlike Adrian, who made sure to bring a sax so he could play. Uh, he invited her to play, and it didn't go on it, but Donna Grantis was eventually chosen on that. So, you know, so, this is why you're saying you're getting older, you're moving a little faster with the release. It's like, look, this is one of the reasons why to get in shape. Let's hope nothing takes me out. No earthquakes, no other stuff. It's like, be here for a while to enjoy the music and be here with it, you know. Um, don't you think Paisley Park should let me stream Matic Monday from Paisley Park? I'm throwing it away with a star petition. I'm sure that with the city, there's certain guidelines that they can't have it, but I, I, of course, hope in the future, absolutely, DJ Dudley D, that they allow you in there to DJ live from Paisley. 100%. Get some stuff going. So, you know, and we'll be wrapping, wrapping this up shortly, um, but what else do you guys, what other questions do you have? I know that we sometimes say we're going to talk on series, but it always goes in different ways. And I don't mind that at all. Because I want you guys to feel that you are being listened to. Predictions on where the vault etc. stuff goes in 2021. Do you think Warner will bid for distribution rights as it may make more sense? Look, Warner Brothers had a chance. Twice. And I wanted everything under the Warner umbrella. That's no disrespect to Sony, no disrespect to everything. But they got outbid twice on it. They undervalued it. I still feel they're doing it in some way. No disrespect. You know... How things play out, we will see. But it would have been great to have everything under one roof and have everyone doing their part. That's not what happened. And if Dave wants to chime in on that as well, 100% that you can, you know? So we're talking about me being healthy. I better have some of my protein and it's down a little bit instead of the iced tea for a minute. We don't sleep and now you have weights push-ups those are the things that I do 
So I think I lost another like 15 pounds during this stuff. Maybe eating a little bit more, maybe snacking a little bit more, but I'm still getting my workouts in. And it's just countless hours because there isn't too much else to do. So, and as for these shows, we do them every single Wednesday at 6 p.m. Because that's when we used to have this recasting at this time. And I will be adding other special episodes. I do understand about overseas fans. We will be trying to get stuff in at 12 p.m. in the U.S. here. So it's more of a, of a time at nighttime for you instead of in the middle of the night. And we'll be having guests on. So we're going to be having a regular podcast. If you guys respond well to that, we'll be having live podcasts with these guests. I'm trying different things out on different platforms, different devices. We'll be trying to have stuff all under one thing so your comments are being paid attention to more so on everything. Um, True statement to your knowledge. Uh, Prince did tell me, and it is in writing, that Jesse Johnson was his favorite guitar player. And he loved Jesse, and Jesse, there are certain things that he wasn't doing until Jesse was in the mix. Uh, remind me of that, and um, we will do our best to read you the entire statement of what he put out before, but he loved Jesse. Um, yeah. I'm doing as good as I can. Uh, I gave myself projects for the first six weeks, seven weeks. My place has never looked cleaner. It's cluttered. I'd love to have my maid back in the mix. Uh, we'll see if I'll be having that afterwards. But I was able to reorganize my entire print stuff and go through everything. So, um, yeah. So I knew what I had. I knew other things. I brought out some stuff that I feel I would love to see them put out for Rainbow Children. Um, releases and other things that are going on. The original book that we got in 2001 at Hazelport. Just so you guys know, I'm never frightened. Yes, it isn't about doing it for props or whatnot. I will eventually, after these things are over, have to move my stuff to a Patreon or whatnot because sometimes people don't um, understand the value of free. My main thing is just trying to make sure that you guys are heard, make sure other things are going in. You can donate. That's always great. It mostly goes to things to help make this show better or other things I can do to do for the experience it's all it's all on you guys though but it's always trying about do these things for you did P give me special stuff there was certain things there's certain things that I have that are given to me by by certain people and there's also fans from time to time that um have given me stuff over the years for me to have just um you know, like scrapbooks and other things are special things because they're things that I have that I do eventually want to end up at Paisley when, when there's other things going on. And that's important to me. Um, but it was also about, for me, it was also trying to take care of Prince because I know that he always felt that people were trying to get his Purple Rain money. So experiences was the best thing that he can give me, his time. And for us to have the discussions we had, you know, like I knew about Troy Carter because me and Prince talked about Troy Carter, whether it was about Gaga or other things. So it's just interesting that certain people that are involved, that myself and Prince had discussions about those people and just about 
the relationships, like with Stephen Hill and trying to reach out for him to do more stuff to uh, with him for the BET network and other things that we will definitely get into. Um, so, and we'll hear more about Jesse Johnson. You know, like I said, Prince said that that was his favorite guitar player, and I have that in writing, and that certain things with 777-9311, what was done wasn't done until Jesse came in the mix. So, yes. Thanks. And I always had, you know, I like to be consistent on my shows. And I always felt that it's better to talk when you're being listened. I just feel during these times of what's going on, I felt that you guys needed it more. So I needed to talk for you guys to be able to be heard and understand that this is for you. And the reason that I'm doing it on different platforms and everything else is so it has a lot larger reach and that your voice is heard on different platforms as well. So me and Prince talked about his faith, but very, very briefly. He knew I wasn't about that stuff. Um, but it was always respectful. And, you know, that's what it goes on is like, I respected him. He respected me. I always felt like on the old show, he would have done this recast. My other place was quite messy and smaller. Um, my place right now looks a lot better if he was here probably break break bread Dave Hampton has been to the new place he knows it's a lot better than the new place that looks even better than the last time he was here got another bookshelf of vinyl because that's how we do so um I appreciate you guys just as much as Prince just as much as other stuff and then not trying to get into stuff and just trying to celebrate him and doing these things knowing that there's more in it we need more things like the Jordan documentary with Party Man being used. We appreciate that a lot more than a City Bank Let's Go Crazy commercial, right? You're being heard. I just want you guys to know that. And thank you. Um, I respect your guys' honesty and dedication. I know, like, look, you're never as good as people say you are. So I, there's going to be things that I saw on this show that I did that I know I messed up on and will correct. You're never as bad as people say you are. I see what they say. Let them say it. You know, it's cool. Um, but you just have to believe those things. Don't believe everything you read online. You know, question everything. Even at the same time with everything, because everything you think is true. But you have to make sure what you're putting in your mind isn't garbage. As Prince said before, control the internet. Don't let the internet control you. That's the same for social media. Control social media. Don't let social media control you. A lot of people think they know about my life because it looks like I'm very out in the open, but I'm not allowed to have a private life without you guys knowing certain things. I always be in it is I will let you guys in enough to where, you know, you feel I'm not being standoffish and, and those other things. And that's how it was with Prince. He wanted you to concentrate on the music and not know about the personal stuff as much as it did. So, you know... And Dave, I'm sorry I didn't see all of your comments on that. Well, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk more about it. What about the Netflix documentary? Is that going forward? Yes, it is. It is going forward. Um, I do believe with the new director and other things going on, that I know that we're supposed to start seeing stuff by now. I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe 2021, 2022. But let's have him put the best project 
forward for all that, right? We're all in agreement of that. So, um, those are things that are important, so to speak. You know, how many rings do I have? Enough. One is, well, I'm not trying to flip you guys off, um, but just a regular ring. And these are just workout rings to have because I was lifting weights before this. And I'll probably go back to that, especially in this heat. Good to get a workout in, so whatever you eat will kind of just melt off of you and other things. Um, we don't need to go into that. Where was I? I was in uh, my, my old place at that time and uh, in contact with people that were in contact with Paisley and the news just came fast and furious. Yeah. Apparently Dave's mom met the Netflix people it seems that they're cool. Like I feel I feel it's in good hands and they're trying to do Prince right. Um, I'm here to help. Whether it's the estate, whether it's Paisley, whether it's Netflix, I've gotten the calls. We'll see what's up. Um, but yeah. So what other platforms are on right now? Right now it's just Instagram and Facebook Live, and of course you have the podcast recording so you can go back watch this for 24 hours on Instagram. Facebook Live this will stay up. We were on YouTube last week. We're having a little bit of a difficulty of it um, this time, but I'm wanting to be on more platforms. I also have stuff set up for you guys because I plan on doing my own DJ sets, albeit it's two months late. But some of the stuff I have, you'll only be able to catch on Instagram Live because probably won't get back to be on you. I'll have to be there live. And of course, Facebook Live, if you even play just the opening chords on Devs Cry, everything is going to get silenced. So you have to do other stuff. So, you know, um, let them take their time to get that documentary right. Exactly. So, what's your phone number? I think that's the question I'm getting a lot when people are sliding into my DMs, which I don't mind. I'm a single guy, right? I'm allowed to do that. Anyway, so, um, thank you. Big things for me, less of me, but big things. Just getting the, the eyebrows down, the haircut, when I come out of this, be looking better, probably have to get the suits adjusted again. But, um, yes. I believe that Questlove did drop that bomb on there. My pod, well, the Dr. Funk podcast, of course. We got over 100 episodes for you guys. And use on vault material, there'll be an announcement coming soon. Not before the releases that you guys are having, but before the end of the year, we're supposed to have other stuff going on. So, you know. <laughs> Lots of new books coming out in June 2020. Which books are you referring to? So, um... I know we have Neil Carlin's book coming out in the fall, although people are saying it's not a good time to release books this fall because of what's going on. Um, but we will see how things are going on. See ya. Come on, we can't be running out of questions. Is there anything I missed before that I can answer? You know, if other people have their stories and stuff, it has to be their stories to tell. It isn't mine to tell. And there's time to spill tea and there's times not. And other people have spilled enough tea recently, haven't they? You know, thank you.
trying to keep my diabetes in check, trying to do it. And no, I need, I listened to a little bit of the audio recording of Prince's book. I haven't exactly read it yet. It's just kind of tough, especially knowing that, you know, Prince wanted to write a book together. Um, and again, that's not my thing to do. I think Dan Piper Ring did an amazing job. And you guys need to chill on certain things because he chose Dan for a reason, him being an independent writer. So, um, Questlove said a lot of those five minutes straight. Yes, he did. And for other people that don't speak, sometimes it's them trying to protect someone that they love and it comes off a different way that we may not understand it and it's frustrating. It's their journey to tell certain things. Um, but it may be more, more so trying to protect someone that they love and not exactly themselves. Because think about it, when those people don't speak, it actually makes them look worse, right? But sometimes you're not speaking about stuff. Um, you know, you're doing it, you know, in my own personal life and experience over the past year, I keep my mouth shut on certain things. Doesn't mean I'm cool with it. It just means that um, you're doing stuff because there's still love there on things that were lost. So that's what goes on. Will I be doing anything in Vegas? Me? Hope some of this is all over. Hope to be partying with Controversy Las Vegas and we'll see uh, some things that happen. So yeah, but I'm sorry that I haven't listened um, to The Beautiful One's book or read it as much so yeah Cat Williams was one of the funniest parts I remember listening to that for the first time in 2006 there's some things that were there that didn't exactly flow into it but there would be sound bites of him calling in and of course as Ezekiel and of course the other person that would be calling in from time to time so um Witness something simply by seeing a revolution about her. DM me on that, what you're talking about. I may not be able to get back to you tonight, but definitely uh, DM me about that. Vegas back here. Of course, Vegas in the house. We should do extension all. We extend stuff. LA, San Diego, except for those parts of San Diego that like wearing uh, hoods to the grocery stores. Vegas too, about mad love. Some of Arizona as well, absolutely. So, you know, doing any re-recordings Prince of his classic songs. There was a bunch of stuff that he was re-recording, whether it was to be part of a sampler set or other things that didn't see the light of day. Um, that'd be more for uh, Femi, Femi Gia, to talk about more so than I. It's kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. Of all the engineers before 2016, he'd be the one that I talked to the most because, you know, uncredited, he did some stuff for Planet Earth and he was okay with that because he was afraid that Stevie Wonder would find out that he was double dipping. So, just interesting. But Femi would be the coolest of the cool, even if Morris Hayes and then we're trying to clown him for uh, attending certain clubs uh, instead of recording sessions. So, yeah. But I do have the book. I would love to get a copy of that purple version of the book. 
I do have like a few of the regular ones. Like when I see Ashin's uh, book for sale or whatnot, I buy a few copies and I give them to some people that are now fans that may not know the book. I send them stuff. I try to do things like that all the time because, again, hardcore fans, a bunch of us in here, right? We need to make sure that the casual fans become hardcore fans. Whether the estate is taking care of them or not, um, it's up to us as well. We can't expect them to do everything. So I try to pass off the things that I have to help friends. And I consider Ashina a friend. So, um, and Cindy, the question for that more so may be that he didn't want people around him at that time. Um, and sometimes, all I can say is, is never self-medicate in certain situations on that. So, yeah. We did talk about Maite's uh, performance this Friday on stage. Pay what you want. But hopefully Nintendo, apparently, is what she's hoping people will do. It's also a Q&A. Do I think Paisley should do another New Year's party? Absolutely. And I'd love to attend this time. Um, we'll see what happens. If they want me to host it, if they want me to check people's coats, I'll do it. Whatever uh, they need. And I do feel at times that, you know, there should be special tours led by people that worked with Prince inside that studio. They may have to come like a week or two before to like, you know, get themselves more familiar with things and what they're trying to teach as well. But I think those tours will give um, special meaning. And then you have these special tours and they could have a tour they sell out like, like you know, you know, Dave Hampton and the mix or other people that do stuff like that. And I think their knowledge is invaluable. So, yeah. I do believe we're like, there's someone who came up with an idea, like Lori, about like setting the certain facts straight and having short YouTube videos that are like one to five minutes long. I do see other people doing that, but it's an idea that Lori gave to me probably around three years ago. But I wasn't ready for that to talk about certain things because it would be difficult, you know? Um, so, there you go. I think all of his women were amazing. Maite um, played a role in stuff for quite a few years. Manuela played a role in his life and stuff for quite a few years, not on an entertainment level how Maite did. And again, Maite's part of that 1993 band. When I, have an, when I say I have an affinity for that band and all that stuff, it's because that was my first tour. I had an ex-girlfriend at the time. Uh, when Maite would wore that out, those outfits she wore on Soul Train, I didn't hear about it for weeks, how pissed they were. Oh, you just like her because her ass is showing out. No, I had general love for Maite. I had general love for Carmen, general love for Nona Gay. All of them. They all played a part. But Affinity, 1993 band. That's, that's it. You never forget your first, right? When you change your throat. Baby, you're the most. So, oh, someone sent in a, a large gift and it's taking up the screens against the other questions. Um, yes, I think it's for Neil Carlin's book. I thought that was supposed to come out in October or whatnot. But yeah, so, you know. Um, I feel with my hands. How do you guys feel? If anyone asks for a demonstration like Martha Quinn, we'll see what's up. 
anyway, so let's as much as wow, we're almost on the two hour mark. One forty here, but I know with you guys a little bit live beforehand testing on stuff. In closing, is there anything that you guys want to add or say? Yes. Um, so, do I ever feel Prince around you since he passed? At Paisley Park a few times. And he would do this thing when he was here. And I swear, the last time I was at Paisley, I was around President Nelson. I'm sure you guys know who that is inside the, the big room. He's in the area. We're kind of just dancing and stuff. And then we stopped and we're watching something. And I swear to God, because he was a little bit shorter than me, but he hit in a certain area. And he did this before at the 2006 31 21 Oscar party. Um, and there was no one there. And it's not like someone tapped me and ran the other way. It was the specific place that he would touch me. And I felt my first time back at Paisley after he passed, outside, albeit it was, I put it more on the cold weather. It felt like a little something eerie. But, you know, when people say, oh, Paisley, you know, there's no point in going to Paisley. Number one, we have to support it. Number two, I feel certain things there. And I'm not someone who talks about that stuff lightly. Um, so it's just certain things. And remember, in 2014, there's turning with Third Eye Girl. So the next time that you'd see you guys at Paisley Park, you know, he was planning on celebrations in June. Uh, that year, 2016, it was being planned. That's why he redid Paisley Park, had Kirk do the carpeting, was taking off the frickin' symbol, which I didn't like, which was done after the 121 shows of Paisley. Um, but he's setting stuff up for you guys to come back there and see him more, because unless the price was right, you guys are becoming to Paisley more so than him touring. So, that's it. And that's why I say, like, you know, remember, when you guys are reading interviews from Prince from 1985, 1987, 1993, even 2011, it's not who Prince was in 2016. So what he believed in, in those interviews in 85, before you're trying to shame people and stuff, get all the facts, because Prince was ever evolving. Just like, you know, there were certain things he believed in 85 that he didn't believe in 2016. And you have to go on to certain things. So, it was hard to dance on the carpet in the stage room, 100%. But if you're doing piano shows, he wasn't gonna have you dancing too much except in place when he have you stand up, you know? John Bream ain't as young as he used to be, so he can't be cutting those moves, he can't be cutting up the rug, right? That's who it's for, right? Anyway, so. Yeah, and then that's just crazy, like, when he passed away and with Paisley the rainbow coming over and then the photos of how Paisley looked kind of like that around the world in a day cover with the ladder in the middle that's some crazy crazy stuff so all those things going on I love hanging out with you guys I just don't want you guys to get bored of me and I want you guys to come back every week. It's like, I don't want to cut it off, um, but I don't want you guys to be getting bored. I do see what the amount of people we have and I know that other people are gonna be watching this. We already have one Instagram story, we have another Instagram story that's around 
40 minutes, and that second one that's 40 minutes long. Um, any 3120 house party behind the scenes stores? Can someone hit me up? Because today was the anniversary of the 3121 ticket giveaway show, so I can show the, the shirt that the fans got that were contest winners, because I have one of them, although I wasn't a contest winner. It's one of the things I wanted. There are certain things that I would ask for to preserve, you know, and that's why I have them. You know, whether it's cufflinks or equipment that he used or other things, it's stuff that I want to be able to get there, including that that autograph that's on the For You poster. We'll see what's going on. So I was invited to the New Year's Eve party too, and I didn't go, and I regretted that. Just had that steel ticket and a few other things, although I heard that people were outside freezing their butts off for a while, and that wouldn't have been a good for a Cali boy. So 100%. He's around us. He's in the music. You continue to keep celebrating him and keep educating people because that's the only way, especially with how radio is and other things, it's up to us to pass on the genius of him. You know, whether it's while well, my guitar gently weeps or people going, what makes Prince so different than playing the Marotic City for the first time? So, yeah. Rio would be great in Vegas, especially if they allow you backstage to see that underground stuff that they have with the mural. That is why there's something in Paisley that's close to that mural now. So, all right. I love you guys so much. I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop the podcast and stay with you guys a little bit longer. So we'll do that. So we'll have it in there. So I'm signing off for the podcast. If you guys want to donate, go to drfunkleberry.com. You can buy the Dr. Root Beer. I won't drink it because I'm drinking my iced tea and water now. I'm being a little bit healthier. I haven't had soda since September. Much love. Keep subscribing on Stitcher and iTunes and all the other formats. Until next time, keep it funky.